0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Let me ask you this question. If you don't know anything about the book of Hosea, we're going to get you on board today. But let me ask you this question. Why would God command one of his prophets in the Old Testament to marry a prostitute? If you don't know the story, that's what he does. He tells Hosea, he says, hey, go marry a lady and, as a prostitute and marry her. Why in the world would God do this? I mean, this is like, the, this is crazy. This is not the most uh, talked about book in all scripture uh, on a Sunday morning in church. It's really risque. There's a lot of adultery going on. There's a lot of fornication going on. There's a lot of sex going on. There's a lot of stuff within this book where you're going, this is in the, this is like rated PG 13 to R, okay, with what's happening. And so you got to look at this and go, what is it that God is really trying to speak to us and to his people? And so to marry a prostitute biblically is an immoral act. So God's telling somebody to go do an immoral act. That's the God you and I serve. The book describes this unfailing, crazy love for, for a people that have been unfaithful to Him. Now, we're going to get relevant really quick this morning. How many of you have ever been unfaithful to Him? I have. I haven't been perfect in my life, I'll tell you that right now. But there's these two crazy parallel parts. One is that Hosea, and he has this troubled relationship Okay, this troubled marriage, and then the second that's totally paralleled is that marriage parallels God's relationship with Israel. If that makes sense, say yeah. Okay, if that doesn't make sense. It'll make sense in a moment. Hosea is the first of these twelve books, and they're called the minor prophets because they're not as important as the other prophets, right? No, they're minor because they're just shorter. They have just as powerful a message. Um, you know, like Josiah, or Josiah, Jeremiah does, Isaiah does, uh, these messages are a little bit longer, and so his is really uh, to the point, which I really like, and so it's a, not a minor message, but a major message, and because I'm going to give you a lot of content, I have notes for you, you can utilize them if you want, I had uh, a junior high girl come up to me just a little bit ago and said, you're going to make us do homework schools out, not making you, it's there if you would like, if you make a paper airplane out of it, I don't care, but Uh, Just allow God to speak to you through this and so you'll see this and if if you miss something Because i'm going to go a little bit quick this morning We're going to do communion here in a little bit and I have a lot of content I have like 30 minutes of content. I'm going to pack into the next like 13 minutes and so uh, What I want you to do is if you miss something on your note sheet If you're taking notes, you look on the second page on the bottom. There's an answer key for you So if you miss something you got that but don't just copy the answer key down so there's three different aspects of the book of Hosea. The first one, say it with me, is historical. Historical. So this whole book is about the demise of Israel, okay? So it's, it's basically, now we're, let's just keep it real. It's basically what happens when a country decides to try to do it their own way outside of God's perfect covenant. Can, can we relate no, our country, man, just, we're just on our principles all the time. We're, we're following God's ways all the time. You know, I mean, both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, man, they're just in unison. Right. right. Everybody in our, in our, you know, churches are all growing across America. You actually have a deficit of 1,500 churches closing every single month right now in America. Okay? Greatest religion growing right now is the Muslim, Muslim growing daily okay? We have fallen away from God's ways. And so think about this, not just in Israel, but in your your setting. Second, theological. Say theological. Just means the study of God. And so this is a status of God's covenant with Israel. God promised to be their people, and yet their people's not being God's people. They're falling away. Third, say practical. I like the practical. That's my favorite part. Practical, it's dangers of spiritual adultery. And all spiritual adultery is, it's like if you and I say we serve Jesus, but yet fishing's more important. Or we serve Jesus, but yet eating's more important. Or we serve Jesus, yet money's more important. Those things are... Our spiritual idols, and so we have this adultery thing going on, and that's the whole book. And so it starts off kind of dicey, but just stay with me, okay? Because the next two weeks are going to be really dicey, and then it's going to change here in a couple weeks, and you're going to see the hope restored. If you can't wait, just read ahead, okay? It'll be good. It'll be good. So we're going to read verses one, all right, all the way to verses eleven here in chapter one. So if you have the U Version app or you have a Bible. Read with me, otherwise I'll toss it on the screen. But next week, man, bring something with you so you can even make notes if you want, and even the you version allows you to make notes. Here we go. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Biri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehosh, king of Israel. It's a lot of people. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go marry a promiscuous woman or prostitute and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife... This land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord, oh snap, that's my addition. Verse 3, so he married Gomer. Stop. If any of you, any of you, any of your friends, your relatives, any of you, name your daughter Gomer, I won't dedicate her here at the church. Okay, I'm just moving on. All right. Mary Gomer, daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bore him a son. The Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel. We'll talk about what that is. And I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. This is just like so full of light and fluffy stuff, isn't it? In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lo-Ruamah, which means not loved, for I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah, and I will save them, not by bow, sword, or battle, or by horses and horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. After she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer, and another son, then the Lord said, Call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people. These are like curse words, basically, that God's telling them to name their kids. For you are not my people, and I'm not your God. Ouch. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand of the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted in the place where it is, said to them, you are not my people. They will be called children of the living God. Verse 11, the people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. Now, I'm going to give you a ton of stuff, and and, uh, here we go. There's three M's that we see here in chapter 1. The first is man, the man, okay? Honestly, this is the least we know about the three M's is the man. We know... So much more about the other elements uh, within the book and the themes and the history we don 't know much about uh, Hosea. All we know is his dad was this dude named Beery, you know because he liked beer, and uh, Kitty, we know nothing about him. No, this is it. the whole Bible, this is all you get about this guy that 's it there 's nothing historical about him. we can 't find anything about him. we don 't know anything about him, so we can 't guess anything about him. But we know that Hosea was a prophet of God, and, and just to tell you, my take on prophets. I don't know if you've, any of you have met somebody, a modern-day prophet, or somebody that says they're, they have a prophetic gifting. Just to be real with you, I usually find them weird. I find them weird, you know? And if you've read through the minor prophets and the major prophets in the Bible, you might read through it and go, what in the world did I just read? That's, that's that part of the Bible for me. I go through there and I'm like, they're talking like crazy talk or all these different symbolistic things. And I'm going, how am I supposed to wrap my mind around what they're actually trying to say? I'm glad you asked, because we're going to unwrap that this morning. All this took place in between 750 and 725 uh, B.C., before Christ, or before Common Era, if you don't believe in Christ, uh, but we all do. At this time, the nation of Israel was divided between two separate governments, and so we saw that in chapter 1. We saw Israel, that was the northern kingdom, and then the southern kingdom was Judah. So they had split. And so we see the the difference between God saying "Ah," to Israel, and I'm going to put my hand of mercy out to you, Judah, and we'll see why in just a moment. Um, During this time, Hosea and another minor prophet named Amos, they ministered to Israel during this time of where you really saw God's wrath. And then you see uh, Isaiah and Micah uh, actually ministering these other prophets to the southern kingdom. Well, what was happening during this time was basically they were saying, yes, you are our God. We love you, Lord. We think the world of you. God, I come to church. I do my time. I give my tithe, Lord. I even take communion on Sunday morning. And then they went away, and their lives didn't reflect that. Now, none of us can relate to that, right? That's just like thousands of years ago. Bible's real, man. You just gotta look at it. It's so crazy how it just unwraps and it like just it does like open heart surgery and it goes here's your heart, man. And it's not meant to be you know condemning. It's meant to just be conviction. Allow God to convict you through this story of hope and restoration. Well, what was happening during this time is they actually mingled in different religions, and so I said, yeah, we believe in God. We believe in Yahweh, the Jewish name for God but we also believe in the Canaanite God, and that was like the fertility God, okay, or or the field God. In other words, he would bring their crops to life, and so they kind of intermixed the two. Now, that's never happened in our nation like with Easter or Christmas, right? Moving on. During this time, Hosea, Hosea prophesied, okay? His very name means, this is on your notes, his very name means salvation. Are you kidding me? Who else do we know whose name means salvation? All of the New Testament. Come on, shout it out, somebody. Yeah, his name was a glimmer of hope in the midst of this message of destruction. How many? Know, I don't care where you're at in life. There's always hope with Jesus. There is. You might. Oh, Pastor Chris, I've lost hope. I've given up. You don't know what's happened, and I, I can't get back what's done or happened to me. Yeah, you're right. But that doesn't mean that Jesus is any less faithful. He's there as a constant first M is the man. The second M is the marriage. I know I'm going quick, so stay with me this morning. The second M is the marriage. So why? Why in the world would God tell somebody to do this? Man, I just can't wait. I hope this week none of you come up to my office and be like, you know, Pastor Chris, you know, I was on Facebook, and there was this single site, and you know, she's promiscuous, and I think God's telling me to marry her. I'm going to tell you no, Okay. Let's just get that out of the way right now. This is in context of what God was doing through his judgment. If God's calling you to judge all of America, then we'll talk. But I, uh, let's just take it one day at a time. Um, his marriage was to symbolize God's relationship with adulterous Israel. And so Hosea's painful marriage would be this symbol to the nation of Israel of basically their sin against God. They would have seen that. So the Israelites that had fallen away or had kind of intermixed this Canaanite religion would have looked at God and they would have been like, or looked at Hosea and said, I get what you're doing here. I, I understand. They would have felt convicted. Like, oh my goodness, okay? It, it would have been just, it would be like Billy Graham before he passed marrying somebody like this. That's how it would have been for us. They were like, oh my gosh, look what's happening here. He marries Gomer, and there's this debate if she was a prostitute prior to marriage or only after. I don't know that it matters, uh, but we don't know what kind of prostitute. Uh, And this is in your notes, too. She could have been one that, like we think of today, or she could have been a cultic one in the fertility religion of Baal. Uh, Baal was the fertility god of the Canaanites. And we get a holiday today that still is influenced by Baal. Do you know what it is? It's Easter. It's Easter. Where do you think all the fertility stuff, all the rabbits came from, you know? You know, I used to think that was like a Catholic church symbolism thing because they don't believe in birth control. And, you know, come on, that's funny, all right? You know, or or on the other side, I used to think like, like, well, it's just all fun and games. You know, it's all peeps. Well, bunny rabbits and all that are cute, see, and and the Easter eggs, but it's all about the fertility, God. It's all about Baal. That's where it came from, and it's got intermixed. Now, Christianity has come and kind of taken a bigger part of that. Uh, We utilize it for God's good. Today and weeks ahead, though, you're going to see just this application so much in the American church and our society today. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay, I'm going quick. I know. Last one, last M is the message. And I'm going to have the worship team come up uh, at uh, five tell this morning. A message of restoration, but you have to get through the whole book to see this message. Don't stop at the end. Of, don't get to the end and go, I can't believe that's in the Bible. I'm never coming back to church. Just stay with it, Okay. I can't unpack. I don't want to give away all the all the real good that comes through this story, okay? Um, next week, you're even going to see more judgment. And you're going to be like, man, this is kind of dire straits. You've got to hold out. Like, let it just be a cliffhanger to what happens within the story. And so this message of restoration that happens, we see through the names of his children. But unless you know Hebrew, you're not going to catch it, okay? So it's kind of a name play on these words. And his first... Uh, his first son's name was Jezreel, okay? Means God sows or God plants, okay? Jezreel was a place that his son was named after. And in this valley, uh, King Jehu of Israel, he slaughtered thousands of people. And so basically what God was saying is he was going to judge Israel in the northern kingdom and destroy them all, okay? God sows, God plants, well, I'm done with that is what God was saying to them. And unless you know Hebrew, it wouldn't make sense to us. But to bring it into today's application, it would kind of be like if if you had a child, and we have like tons of pregnant people in the pregnant women, not people, uh, within our church, it would be like one of them saying, you know what, I'm thinking about naming my child 9-11. Or I'm thinking about naming my child Pearl Harbor. That's what it would be like. That's what it would be like. The second one is lo ruhamah, which means No mercy. (laughs) No mercy. Prediction that God will save Judah, but not Israel. And it says this in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. It's a prophecy of this happening. Okay, it's a prophecy that this, no mercy. We're going to let this just take place. The third is lo-ami, meaning no people. No people. So if you remember back in Exodus chapter 6 verse 7, it's a verse that maybe you've heard before and it goes like this it says you will be my people and I will be your I will be you will be my people and I will be your God. God makes this covenant promise with his people. Well what he's doing right here if you know Hebrew, he's turning the words completely around. Like you're not going to see that just by reading the word unfortunately. I don't even see that until I study it out. And I see basically what he's saying is he's going You will no longer be my people, Lo-Ami, okay, the name, and I will no longer be your Yahweh or your God. Like, it's done. Basically, if you're going to continue on in these ways, then I'm going to release my hand of grace and mercy on you. Then it's over. It's done with. I'm going to see you slaughtered and destroyed. Well, thanks, God. That's so peaceful and delightful. I think we have to realize in our culture, we don't see it as a blessing. We see it as a curse. And like, why would God want that for us? Why does God judge us? When God's going, I just want your heart. I want you to realize how much I absolutely am in crazy love with you and want your heart. God will take no other position than center or first on our heart. That's the only one that he'll take. That's it. That's in the God in whom we serve. So he says this in Hosea 2, 1. I want to just give you one part of this chapter, and we'll unpack the rest of chapter 2 next week. It says this in verse 1. This is the NIV version, which I, I usually use. Say of your brothers, my people, and of your sisters, my loved one. Okay? Lo-Ruamah was the daughter. Jezreel and Loami were the sons. Say to, one more time, say of your brothers, my people, and of your sisters, my loved one. Really interesting that we see it here like this. Almost a little bit of a redemption getting ready to happen. Now, what's really interesting, and unfortunately, the NIV does a horrific job right here of interpreting the Hebrew text. And so, you with me? Everybody with me? Yeah? Okay. I know I'm giving you a lot. We're going a little more in depth than I usually do on a Sunday. Um, but I want to. I, I love digging into the Bible. I just want you to see this. We're going to bring it into fruition here in just a moment. But right at the end, at, uh, in other versions, the NIV is one of the only versions to get it wrong. The New Living Translation, the King James, the uh, New American Standard, the ESV, the C- CVS, all of the, you know, the Walgreens, all that, they, uh, they get it right. I thought it was fun. It says, in that day, you will call your brothers Ami, my people. It's the, it's the same name. It's a play on the name right there. And you will call your sisters Ruhamah, the ones I love. Now, just, I've shared this before. Anytime we get into a Hebrew text, let me just share with you for just a second, there's something that's called a kaiism. Everybody say kaiism. Tell okay, you, are like, what the world's a kaiism? This is just something so cool. Just Google it sometime, and you can learn more about it. But Hebrew writing is not like our writing, where you've got you know character development, the rising action, the climax, and then falling action. In Hebrew writing, historical context, what they would do is at the beginning of the chapter and at the end of the chapter, they're parallel. They're like bookends. And then you go in a little bit, and there's another bookend. Another bookends until you get to the middle, and that's really the main purpose. And so right here in the middle of this, we see a, again, chi-ism, That The chiasm is really stating that the most important part is that Jesus, believe it or not, shows up within this text being the only one that will redeem. Let me show you here. Hosea one eleven it said, The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land. For great will be the day of Jezreel. Great will be the one that God sows or God plants. Who's it talking about right there? It's talking about Christ. It's a prediction of Christ. How do we know this? Well, maybe it's talking about just just Hosea saving them. Well, I'm glad that you asked, because if you go to the book of Romans, in which Paul wrote... He gives it to us straightforward, and I just like it straightforward. This is what he says in Romans chapter 9, verses 24 to 26. He says, even us, whom we also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. That's you and me if you're non-Jewish origin. That's all Gentile is. And he says in where? He says, it's right here in the New Testament text. He says in Hosea, I will call them, you and me, my people. He will call you and me my people. Okay, that's lo ami. All right. Okay, that's it's a play on the words, and I will call her my loved one, who is not my loved one. And in that very place where it was said to them, "You are not my people," there they will be called children of the living God. Come on, somebody, that is it the, right there. That's the message. Thank you, few, that clap. Come on, can we give God the praise for that? Come on, somebody. So in all of this, where do we fit in? Where are you and I in this story? And here's what I want to ask you to read about throughout the story. Okay? This is it. It's so crazy to see this. We look at this video. And how many of you are like a little mad at the, the prostitute? Like, you know, she's married, just married. The car pulls in behind her. The guy that happens. Or maybe you were like just heartbroken that this was happening. I don't know about you, but when I watched it, my heart just sunk. My heart just, just it was it just died. That, man, I can man, I can't believe this is taking place. Last thing in your notes. This is how I want you to see this. See, you and I are Gomer. Look to the person you came with today and said, you're a Gomer. You're a Gomer. You're a Gomer. In other words, you're unfaithful. I'm unfaithful. None of us are perfect. We deserve God's wrath. We don't deserve his mercy. But Jesus has become our Jezreel, okay? Our place of judgment so that we can receive him. Does that make sense? He took our place. We see that with this nameplate. It's just so cool when it unwraps. Now, if that, if that doesn't work for you, let me show you one more thing here this morning. I'm gonna steal your cherry, April, for one second. Silas, come here, bud. Come here. Give it up for my son, Sai. Crazy love. We're in Hosea 1. We're going to go in Hosea 2 next week. I love this kid, man, so much. I love him. You follow Instagram, man. I think the world of him. When you look at the word of God, And you see that God so loved his people, he wanted to do anything to redeem them. And he did that through sending his son. I can never give him up. There's no way. Oh my gosh. Not a chance. Imagine the father and the crazy love that he has for you. Looking at the child on his lap, Saying I love them so much that I'm gonna give this up so that I can receive them. Changes it from words of a book, doesn't it, when you can see. Changes it. That is the God in whom we serve. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.